You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends. Welcome back to the Practically Pastoring Podcast. This is episode 68. Happy post-Easter. Hopefully you're waking up from your nap if you have a busy Sunday. I am Frank Guild up in Baltimore, Maryland. No, I'm not. I'm up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But up in Baltimore, Maryland, we got Jeffrey Simpson. It's the greatest Monday of the pastoral year. Yeah. Uh, Down in the Morning After Ministry Studios, we got Andrew Larson. You know, my whole Easter sermon yesterday was about location. So, uh, Frank, you should take some geography lessons. I know. I said. Burn. And uh, and at his home... We have uh, in full Jaguar Jaguars apparel. Got Timothy Miller. I'm just glad that you guys are equally as tired as I am. Yeah, it, so we it, did it, it. We, fellas. We did it. We did it. Yeah, it's post Easter. How we we're, we're we're now officially in the ordinary season. Yes, so green how, everywhere. How are we feeling? Feeling great. Uh, tried to take a nap afterwards yesterday, but you know my family loves me, so they all came in the bedroom and were like, "Hey." Let's all hang out in here. And then I didn't take a nap. So, but I slept real good last night. We had an Easter egg hunt on Saturday. Tons of fun. I looked amazing because the uh, local fire department Easter bunny on the fire truck came by right as everyone finished Easter egg hunting. And they saw me waving and I know a couple of them. And so they pulled through the parking lot and the Easter bunny took pictures with the kids and with me and one person in my church who we now have a tradition of taking a Easter bunny picture together, which is amazing. Uh, but we had a bunch of people here that were new. Um, w- you know, small church victory. We had one person with their kids uh, show up at church on Sunday because of an event we did last summer, which was so that's really cool to have that connection from the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, we had like double the amount of people we've had in a long time at church on Sunday. People filled out connect cards. I'm doing a thing on Wednesday night this week called pizza with the pastor for like new people had a few people sign up for that. Uh, totally stole that name and that idea from, I don't know where, but it's a good one. Uh, yeah, overall it was great. We had a few tech snafus and, um, Andrew and I had an interesting, uh, late night text session because we, we were we just called it the small church side convo. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about you how guys, you guys don't count. You don't have the same struggles we do in, well, they have struggles. Just they're just different. That's all. Um, what are we going to do with all this money? You know, stuff like that. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Andrew and I were just talking about how for a small and what I would say for me, micro churches uh, or maybe nano church, um, the challenge about the challenge of Easter is that actually it exposes like areas of weakness that on one Sunday you can kind of deal with and make up for, but you realize, man, if this were to keep going the way it's going today, which on Easter, you're on that like pastoral high. So it's like, I hope it does. But then by like Easter Sunday night, you're thinking and and by Monday morning, you're like, man, if that were to happen consistently, like I would pull my hair out because, you know, we don't have enough volunteers for children's ministry. Uh, you know, the tech booth, I had a tech booth issue happen kind of because of not enough volunteers. We didn't really, our musicians situation was just me and one person. Uh, so like, you know, if that stuff continues and we have growth, which is great, we just will have to deal with it. So Andrew and I were just, you know, we were just kind of leaning on each other, uh, crying on one another's shoulders, if you will, uh, by text message. But overall, Easter was great. I did get to go to a sunrise service, which was awesome because it was in a graveyard. And at first I thought that was weird. And then I got there and we were singing He Lives, the hymn, literally like standing around dead bodies. And I was like, actually, this is kind of punk rock and awesome that we're doing this at a graveyard. So we were celebrating the, the resurrection. One of the biggest sunrise services in our community is at a, uh, is at the Sylvan Abbey funeral home. Yeah. And for years, that's cool, been the, the big one. Like I, I was kind of almost moved to tears, like in all seriousness, it was amazing. Not my, you know, pick for songs. It was mostly the Methodist churches in my area that do it, but I've become friends with a lot of the pastors, went to one of their good Friday services as well in support and then, uh, yeah, man, it was it was like really, really, it just hit me. I was walking up thinking, this is weird. And then they started singing the hymns about the resurrection. And I was like, oh, dude, we're standing in a graveyard singing this, like in defiance, which I thought was really cool. So, yeah, Easter was great. I had a whirlwind of a week. Andrew, 
I was in Denver six days ago, which is just bizarre to think about because that feels like it was last year. For some reason, we, we chose to do I've been to a lot of shows, a lot of concerts. Um, I mean, for sure in the hundreds, if not more. And I have never been to a show where every human in the building knows every word to every song. It, it was a very surreal experience. There were lots of Doc Martin boots and lots of bucket hats in the crowd. It's so funny, man. Those styles are like, I'm like, is this high school again? What's happening? Man, it was where so the, Where are the Genco jeans? Where are they at? They're, they're, they're making their way back. So we, we did Olivia Rodrigo in Denver, got home uh, midnight Wednesday, geared up and amped up for Good Friday evening. And then we had our, our triple decker on Sunday of sunrise out by the lake, which was phenomenal. And then our two indoors at 9 30 and 11 so it's just it's been a week it's been a blast it was awesome it was a ton of fun um we unveiled the new outdoor coffee bistro cafe area and everyone was just blown away because we actually had a space if you've ever been to lakeview you know we don't really have a lobby we have a hallway it's really hard to hang out anywhere there so having that space opened up outside with actual standing room was really really cool so a ton of fun broke all kinds of attendance records, which is also a lot of fun. And like the fleshly side of me had names floating through my head late last night of people who, uh, <laughs> uh, how do I kindly say this? Uh, didn't believe in the future of Lakeview, uh, two and a half or three years ago. So how do you, you know, like, how do you fight that? Right? Like people who literally told you to your face, this will not succeed. You will not succeed. This church will die. And then like this happens Three years later, you're like, that was pretty awesome. Like, not because of me, obviously because of God, but it's hard to fight that feeling of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. But also put that to death. It, it's gone. It's but also, dead. But also, uh, totally get it. But like the but competitive edge of There's a former <laughs> elder like of yours who I need to send a postcard to. Just, Ouch. you know, anonymously. It's like, the, it's, it's, it's funny because it's the very thing that makes us willing to be pastors in these situations. Like, we believe that, man, God could do it and I could be part of it. And that's also like the shadow side is like, hey, see, I did it. And you're like, oh, wait. It's dangerous. It's it so is. dangerous. One it of is. our elders at our elder meeting last week said this is probably one of the more dangerous spots we've been in as a church in a long time because we're seeing these kinds of results and health it's easy to to get really <laughs> prideful and, and conceited and start thinking it's because of you and if you need an argument for having wise mature elders around you there it is you need somebody to say that to your face so agreed agreed well our easter was probably somewhere in between lakeviews and and uh and jeff Jeff, I completely forgot the name of Lansdowne Alliance Church for a Thanks. second. So Thanks, I guess. I'm on my, the bottom of the board. So, I appreciate so, that. So it's just Jeff Church. <laughs> yeah. Jeffchurch.com, everybody. Well, I do lead Go worship with... and preach. So, I mean. It's, it's, it's Jeff much... Alliance Church. Yeah. There we go. Jeff Alliance. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we partner with uh, all the other downtown Safety Harbor churches for a sunrise service. And it's right on the, it's right on Tampa Bay. So it's beautiful sun coming up over the over the bay. So that was early and humid and got all sweaty, then got to church and uh, hid. I didn't hide, but we dumped out a thousand Easter eggs to get ready for the kids getting there, had our Easter services and had to add multiple rows of chairs after we had already added rows of chairs in anticipation. So that's always exciting. But then like Jeff was saying, got home and my wife was my wife who leads our children's ministry was like, OK, we got through that. We cannot do that again. We, you know, we we yep. need a better plan for when our children's ministry doubles from one week to the other. So that was kind of like, a, yeah, yes, ma'am. You're right. I hear you. I see you. You're right. We we need to do that better, though. The one fun uh, tech snafu that we had, we are rocking the uh, the ATEM minis that so many of us are these days. And our uh, Dylan, who was our youth guy, he left earlier this month, which is a good thing. That's it's so sweet how you call him our family. Dylan. Our Dylan. Well, he's yeah, all of our so Dylan. Sweet. We share him. But so we have and we've got people that have like volunteered to take over doing running the live stream. And they both happened to be out of town yesterday for Easter. 
So the person that's been helping with the live stream is an eighth grade girl and she kills it. She's so good at it. But she had also let the ladies running our preschool ministry know, hey, if you need help, let me know. So they texted her about five minutes into the sermon and I didn't realize it. So uh, when when the sermon starts, she cuts to the the tight shot, you know, that's kind of chest up on me. And I said, amen. And I walked back there. And I thought, oh, she must be in the bathroom or something. And we were uh, a verse and a half into the second or into the last song before someone was like, hey, you know that outside and online, all people can see is the back of that one guy's head. Cause when everybody stood up, the tight shot was, was still on. And so you could see a little bit of the worship leader's guitar and the back of one dude's head. And that was about it. So, you know, the end of our live stream did not start off as strong as the rest of it, but you know, big, big attendance numbers for, for us, which is always a good thing. And, um, some, some young families that have come back several weeks in a row, um, getting engaged, which is always, exciting but yeah i was very tired i napped very hard during the baseball game yesterday we um we had a well-attended service um you know we last year for easter we had live teaching at all of our campuses this year we uh simulcasted from the main campus which makes sense because if you're if if you have a new um what's it called like if you're if this is like your first time at epicos you're trying to figure it out um, and you have live preaching and you come back the following week and it's simulcasted, then you'd be like, what the heck is going on? So it, it kind of made sense having Easter to be simulcasted. And we just kept kind of projecting the vision of like, we are one campus in multiple locations. We did something actually really interesting though. Um, our campus this week, uh, th- this, this Easter, for some reason, we had no one that signed up to get baptized. Um, and we usually do baptisms on Easter. And, uh, but we decided to try something and we simulcasted the baptism from another campus into our campus. And the way they did the camera angle, they did it like low and like really tight. It felt like a vlog almost. And it was like, it was probably the best part of the service. Like the sermon was great, but it was the best part of the service. And like when they cheered, like we all cheered and it was, it was really, really cool. And like, we were able to see a baptism that, in that setting would have only been like a couple hundred people now, probably like a couple thousand people probably saw the baptism now and like people cheered all over. It was, it was a really cool, cool, cool moment. And I have a question. Do you guys um, on Easter uh, get like cards from little kids written to Jesus, but to you <laughs> like into your office? Like, I don't know how to no. explain it. <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard of, of that. In my life. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I got like four or five cards that's like, dear Jesus, thank you for rising from the dead. And they're like, they were like under my office door for some reason. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm the mailbox for Jesus, apparently. Like, it was just like really, I don't know. I just got a lot of like hand-drawn pictures of the resurrection and stuff like that that kids wanted me to have. And it was almost like little letters to Jesus. It was really cute. I just got several of those. And I didn't know if that was like a universal thing or just my church is a cult or something. I don't know what's going on. For sure. One of those two. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, real quick update. Uh, what did you wear? I want to hear. So we had this, I mean, I don't know if everybody knows, we had a text thread going as our practically pastoring boys and we were updating each other on. That's not the name of our group text. That is not the name of our group text. Okay. Is the name of the Thank group you. text. We we were trying to figure out what everyone's going to wear. Should we go full suit? Do you go full suit? Uh, do you not? Does, does temperature matter? Because up north, it was a whole lot colder than it was down here. Yeah. Sure. So i i did go uh, I did go suit, but I did not go tie. And I'm very thankful I didn't go tie on Easter Sunday. Drawstring on the pants. Drawstring on the dress That's pants, weird, dude. My That's dad weird. took a zoomed in shot of it, sent it to one of my elders mid sermon, oh and I saw them cracking up from across the room like middle school boys. And after the service, he apologized and said, son, if that had been you while I was preaching, I probably would have called you out from the stage. And I was like, dad, I thought about it mid sermon. It's really, really don't funny. let it happen again. What was it drawstring but, hanging out? But why yeah. is express selling drawstring suit pants? Yeah, why dude. is that a thing? Dress pants on every, on dress every pants? mannequin. Every mannequin had I, it. I just thought when I, I, I was I at Express because, uh, like, the belt the mall, is an important accessory. Wednesday or Thursday, no belt. That's weird. Dude, weird. So weird. 
Especially for you know a fit guy like you, you can actually show the belt buckle. It was a trust me. It was the first time I've ever preached without a belt on ever. Even in student ministry, I've never preached that. Ooh, that feels it was, weird. It that was, feels really I was, weird. I was like tugging my pants a couple times. Like they're fine. They're not going to go anywhere. It just felt weird. Wow. Yeah, See, tucking in a shirt with drawstrings is strange. Yeah. I, I wore a belt yesterday, and I usually don't wear a belt. And so I kept and being that I sit down to preach, and my uh, waistline is not like Timmy's. When you sit down wearing a belt that you're not used to to wearing, it just digs into your oh, to your belly. Digging. So I got home and. I had a, a belt print stabbed mm. into my into my underbelly, but at I least I didn't preach in drawstring pants. But taking off that belt later probably felt you so did good. Sit. I mean, like, oh, nothing. You want to know what, Andrew? I almost I I'll, I'll say I just remembered this. I almost threw myself off yesterday in the middle of the sermon because I I and I didn't think about it till I was preaching, but I was talking from Luke twenty four. Uh, when Jesus starts teaching the disciples after he just shows up in the room, you know, and I was telling them, well, you know, traditionally Jesus would have sat down to teach. And right when I said that in the sermon, I thought Andrew always mm-hmm. says this and it almost really threw me off. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I could make a joke. And then I didn't. And the, you know how you're you're in that moment where like you're thinking of that stuff, but the words of the sermon are still just coming out. I had that little out of body experience. So. You invaded my Easter sermon yesterday, Andrew. You're, you, you know, that was pretty great. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Did anybody so else I, struggle with the actual sermon itself? This is my this is my sixth consecutive Easter as the primary communicator once at my previous church because the senior pastor had retired three weeks before. And then this is my fifth year here. And I'm just, I feel like I'm running out of things to say. I need to start repeating. How often do you get to repeat? Oh, you mean like what text and stuff? Yeah. 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 I found my first three, three or four Easter sermons officially as a senior pastor were really not about even the story. Like I've just, I noticed this this year, but it was more about like why the resurrection matters. So it was kind of like apologetic ish. And so and even this year a little bit, but I, I just, I, I realized like the next couple of years, I really just want to focus on like the actual, the story of the, the resurrection itself. Um, but anyway, back to fashion. Uh, I wore, <laughs> I wore a nice pair of jeans uh, and a dress shirt with a tie. And I wore like a maroon cardigan because uh, one of my, one of the uh, younger folks in my church bought it for me for my birthday. So I thought that'd be fun to wear. And uh, it was like slightly hot in the sanctuary with that on because, you know, we had the heat on. So we had it like 68 degrees and, um, you know, but you got to just keep it on for fashion. You know, you got to you got to look good more than you got to feel good. So that's what I went with. And I got to tell you, Andrew, you know, if you're wearing a vest, you got you, you can rock suspenders. That's what I did. Suspender game. Wow. Mm. I, uh, great. I did a vest and a yeah. knit tie, very similar to what I, I wear a knit tie. 80 90 percent of the time but yeah. uh i i wore a vest but i wore jeans because i had done a suit the past two years and that sunrise service gets toasty or maybe wow. you know the last when year i was the at the sunrise service i wished i had a coat on on top of my cardigan because it was cold well you are not in florida nope i wore uh kind of similar to jeff nice jeans uh pair of brown shoes my my one pair of like wedding funeral brown shoes you know yeah, and then I have a pink shirt. It was like a it's like stripes. It wasn't stripes. It was like a somewhat of a plaid pattern. Um, but it's my one pink shirt that I bought several years ago that I'm, I, I wear every Easter. It was, it was yeah. an expensive shirt, but it was really nice. And I wore like a blue sweater over it. So, so it's a nice shirt, but you only see a little bit of the collar and a little bit of the wrist, and that and that's the full is extent it, of it. Is it French cuff nice shirt? Is it like the real cuffs? You know what I'm saying? Oh. You know, know what French know cuffs I, are? I don't know. If French I know cuffs French are the cuffs. ones that you have to have cufflinks. Did you have for. to wear cufflinks? Oh no! No, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, all right. No. no, it's this is probably like a Ralph Lauren shirt. Okay, but it's a all really right. nice. It's a really it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, but not French cuff. Nice. It's not French cuff. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um. Well, hey, uh, Easter sounds like it went well. Um. Take issues aside. Um. All that stuff. Dell, we miss you. Um. I know. Uh. I. I. I asked for. You know. I really wanted to hear. I want everyone else to hear your story that happened in the. In the in the group chat, um, but uh, I'll just leave this ambiguous. 
um, I guess at some point in his uh, welcome or something, instead of saying Resurrection Sunday, <laughs> he said Erection Sunday. <laughs> and uh, that's rose. amazing. I'll, I'll let him. Uh, oh, my goodness. Stop. Hallelujah. I'll let him maybe next week um, uh, come on and, and kind of explain that whole story. But that made me laugh and i really wished and hoped it was recorded so yeah because that's that's kind of like there's one of those classic um gaffes uh in speech but hey we all hear it yeah yeah um so real quick some housekeeping issues uh we are going to have three more episodes before we take a break so we're gonna have three more episodes after today and we're gonna take a break forever we- Oh, not forever. <laughs> I, I almost, I almost use the word hiatus, but because yeah. of all my favorite bands, when they go on hiatus, oh, man. that means they're done. They're not coming back. Very few bands go on hiatus and actually come back. But no, we're going to take a break because we are coming back, and it's because I'm going on sabbatical for uh, several weeks, and it, I, I feel like this podcast should go on sabbatical for several weeks. So we're all going to take a good break. Um, doesn't mean you won't hear from us per se. Um, Might be a live video here and there. Yeah, live there, could, here there could there. be a bonus episode maybe thrown in there. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. There could be also. So uh, Frank, is this a sabbatical or is this the mega church paid leave before you resign thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know how many times I've had to tell people like, "Hey, I'm on sabbatical," and it doesn't mean this is like the preemptive quitting or anything like that. I honestly don't know of a pastor like a big pastor that went on leave and came back. I cannot think of one. You, but it's because every healthy sabbatical doesn't get publicized. Like people don't. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, I can't remember like oh. a, a crisis situation where they're like, well, I'm going on leave and then they come back. It's all, they just always resign. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, there's no crisis situation I'm in. No. So everything is good and chill. And uh, the church is, I've been at Epicos for seven years and they've, uh, our policy says at seven years you can ask for a sabbatical and I got it the moment I got seventh year. And so I was like, let's go. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go on sabbatical, but um, you might see a live video at some point. You might hear from us at some point. You also might hear dates and announcements for the practically pastoring conference. So that stuff is coming together and we are really excited. Um, But Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about, I don't think we've ever talked about this. Let's talk about the chosen. We'll be right back. Hey, uh, quick question around the horn. Do you guys have you guys watched The Chosen? I yes. watched about twenty minutes of the first episode. Uh, okay. You, Tim, you have not got. Oh my gosh! It's it is the best produced Christian uh, film or TV series of all time. Like there's sure. there's just no question about it. The content is incredible. The quality, the acting, like all around. No, I it was great. Out I just I just for, never did for it. Christmas for Christmas. I went through the Christmas special and clipped out different scenes and it spliced it into our Christmas Eve service at Lakeview and people were raving and literally 20 people came up and said, where'd you get it? And they all immediately came back the next week said, we binge watched the shows and how did we miss that? All right. So Tim is a fan. Tim's clearly never seen left behind. If he thinks that's the best. (laughs) <laughs> my boy Kirk Cameron delivers. That's all I'm saying. Have you, heard, have you heard of a little indie movie called God's Not Dead? Because <laughs> that movie, volume twelve. Frank, this reminds me of our conversations in Bible college about who is the best Christian songwriter. <laughs> no way, Chris Tomlin is the best, and then you find out he doesn't write anything. Um, Jeff, did you say you just never finished it, or you couldn't get past the first twenty minutes? No, 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 no. I it was good. I just like I, I'm not a big like TV watch. I I pretty much only watch documentaries, and which I guess you could make an art. Yeah, I, I watch sports. I watch some TV shows. It, I, I and I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. I just I forget to think about going to watch it. So. I will watch it though. And, and by documentaries, you mean like ancient aliens and stuff? No, I mean mostly <laughs> like uh, true crime, like crazy. Oh. I just watched the John Wayne Gacy one. Oh, cool! Wild. Cool. Uh, Andrew, any thoughts about the Chosen? I have never seen a minute of it. Yeah, I'm in the same camp. That's I, I've sorry. Had, I've, well, let's talk I, about it then. I've had a lot. Of, <laughs> I've had a lot of people uh, tell me about it. <laughs> Uh, uh, Tim, I have a question. Um, since you're the you're the big fan of this, 
I, I yeah. t- tell me I'm wrong because I don't know if this is true or not. Is there some tie to the Mormon Church with the Chosen? <laughs> no, that's that. So the only the only tie to the Mormons is the Angel Studios Network that puts it out. That's it. Um, they're 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 not Mormons that make the show. The creator Dallas is is not a Mormon. So before every before they stream every episode, he actually goes live for like fifteen or twenty minutes and answers questions about that. And that's the number one question every single time. Uh, it's really funny. So so they're like probably evangelicals or something but the no, they are. The, an- yeah. the angel network just is the one that distributes it or something yeah got that's it. correct got yep. it got it are they the same yeah are they the same ones that do vid angel yeah exactly so oh, you, can, you really? can actually watch it you can watch it on vid angel yeah those those mormons so I, I never connected the two you can get all of the offensive parts of the gospel just taken right out of the show <laughs> exactly it's awesome um uh, there's a there's a channel. Uh, I, I one time I just started downloading the random uh, streaming channels that I don't have on my Roku, and I downloaded the BYU TV just to see what was on there. And like it's it's like a bunch of like random clean TV shows. Like not all of them are Mormon. Anyways, I don't know why we got this tangent. I just I heard something about it being owned by Mormons, and so I was wondering about that. However, that's helpful. There's an article that just came out by church leaders. Uh, dot com and the, the the headline is the chosen billboards appearing to be defaced actually a marketing tactic misleading fans yeah i got some text messages about this from a friend oh really okay yeah. um so if you, it, it's a really short article uh, uh, so there's these billboards across the country that seem like they're defaced billboards mocking the chosen now i want to say the we have one in trinity like one right in Trinity, yeah, and it's crazy. And it's, the, and it's was it, does it look like the one that's in the ad, or is it different? Yeah, yeah, defaced and everything. So, first off, if I saw this billboard, I've never seen this billboard in real life. But if I saw this billboard, I would immediately start to question what's happening because if I were if I were not a Christian and I were going to deface a billboard, this is very PG. Like this is very clean. Yeah, like for real. Like and and no this one is writes. Like, this is like Chick Fil A. Yes, yeah. it's kind of it's yeah. it's like the cussing in God's Not Dead. You <laughs> jerk, freaking this, that, and the this other. Is, this is Vid Angel graffiti for sure. Um, but yeah, chosen sucks sux dot com, and then it says got get used to, and this is me, the devil. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny when you watch it though, not like knowing what's actually about to happen. So. So that what comes out is the chosen, the actual people who make this sh- uh, show, purposely had these like mock defaced uh, billboards out as kind of like a viral campaign. What's interesting is their campaign worked because on their Facebook, over eighteen thousand people posted how upset they were that. Uh, it got defaced, saying all kinds of stuff like, this is terrible, what did God ever do to them? There's always haters, all this kind of stuff. And it seems to be that, like, the – I don't know if the parody is the right word, but, like, the marketing attempt – the marketing attempt work. Like, they wanted to cause a, a – Dude, they literally just copied the guy that made those blood shoes a while ago. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah, like I the same it. exact thing. As yeah. soon as I saw it, I, I called Steph. I was like, you're never going to believe this. Someone totally trashed the chosen billboard because it was normal and fine. And we immediately went to the website and was like, that is so weird. Because it oh, originally so they it was. Put, they, put the, they put it up regular at first for yeah, like the, a few yeah, weeks. And then there's been a normal chosen billboard for months up in Trinity. Oh, yeah. man. So there was a. There was so, a this, um, so what you're saying is this deception runs deep. There is a. Uh, <laughs> There was a billboard by my house a while a couple of years ago of a pizza company that says they were coming in town. And I was really excited because it was like a pizza place I'd never heard of before. And so I was really looking forward to it. And then one day I was like, I'm just going to call the number to see what – because there's a number on the billboard. And I called the number and the number was a voicemail that was a pizza guy pretending that he was being like robbed by ninjas. And then a couple weeks later, the billboard changed. They got defaced, and a Who Hut um, opened. You guys know what Who Hut is? It's like no. um, it's like um, it's like Mongolian grills. It's where where you like oh. put 
you put all the food in the bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they cook it in front of you or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's kind of racist. Dude, no, do, you remember the, do you remember when we used to go to BD's in like Palm Harbor and stack up the bowl oh, as was absolutely tall Mar, as we could? Oldsmar. Right by the AMT Oldsmar. Theater. Bro, and was that was Atari. so good. You had to get, getting if you nothing, got vegetables nothing first. But the ribeye? No, no. Yeah, you get why, why vegetables. You get few... Nothing but the ribeye and Szechuan sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and you just because so it's so good. thin, you can stack it like three feet high, and they give you dirty look, and you're like, "Hey, hey, listen, just because I'm gaming your system, don't I'm hate playing me. by your rules here." Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was a it was a similar kind of thing. Like it's a marketing campaign for this new Mongolian barbecue place, whatever, and they use the same type of thing as like defacing their own billboards. Um, but I guess my hey thing guys, is this. real quick. Let me ask Tim and Jeff: Have either of you ever saw? A phone number on a billboard for a restaurant, and be like, "Ooh, I should call them." Absolutely, or is never. The problem. <laughs> I have I, not done that. I have absolutely a, never done. Neither it. have I. Can I tell you why I did it? Because I, 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 I wish I, you I, would. Because years later, I think to myself, "Why did I call a billboard number?" <laughs> I, I thought about this. <laughs> it's because we really wanted pizza. We stopped. We didn't want the pizza in our neighborhood, and I'm like, "This billboard's been up for months." Maybe the Pizza Hut Pizza's restaurant's open, and they just haven't changed their billboard. And that's why I called them. And then I realized even the phone number was a part of their marketing campaign. But you're right. Who, who calls the number that they see on the billboard? It's insane. Anyways, um, what do we do with the fact that so many people believe this? Like, like I, I, offline, I was thinking about the fact that, like, people use literal fake news to manipulate campaigns and manipulate a bunch of other stuff. And this is like, you know, a campaign within themselves of like manipulating people. Obviously it stirred a crowd of Christians who are the big, are, are very loyal to the things they like. And the fact that they have a campaign that says like, we hate this caused them to have a huge reaction that went public. What are your thoughts about this? Is it? Well, it's is not, it, cause I was thinking it is kind of like, I mean, Chick-fil-A does that, but Chick-fil-A does it like, very obviously ironically like you know yeah. it's a joke Cause this, can't paint right because it because <laughs> it but this isn't like that this is like right. this feels a little real it feels like it could yeah, happen yeah i mean it got tim right it got you i mean and if i would have seen it it, it probably totally got, got me, me. Too. i was like that's so weird like i wasn't you know, i wasn't mad but i was like this is really weird that and then you're like wait a to... minute wait a minute wait a minute atheists well, don't steph's... spell sucks s-u-x yep. <laughs> steph's first the first thing she said he goes tim this is a marketing ploy that's that's the chosen doing this and i was like you're Really is, is the smartest person genius. I know. Genius. And she called it. Your wife is the smartest Christian I know. Make sure you tell her that. Because I'll, I'll let her know. Because I, I mean, I feel like if I saw this in real life, I would have caught it. But I would have at least been like, mm, is it Well, I went to the website and it was a weird little devil guy doing the 360 dance. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is that? It was so weird. Yeah, I got I got the link in a text message and I clicked it and was like, this is weird. And then I forgot about it. So weird. But yeah, it just shows that manufacturing outrage is way more effective than manufacturing empathy or compassion or, you know, theological curiosity. And it works. If you can manufacture outrage, it's going to work. If only our politicians would catch on to this. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it also kind of shows like the way that. I, I, I have to say, I hate it when people say things about the church or Christians in such a broad brushstroke because there's, you know, we're not a monolith. But the fact that there's so much there's so much outrage just shows you like how how discipled we are in the culture of outrage and fake news and like how easy it is for us to be got. And we're being got by our own thing, which is the irony in this to me. It's really funny, but to to be fair, on the chosen side of things, they they have uh they have a shtick, and that shtick is um we only shoot a season when it's one hundred percent crowdfunded, and we will not have release dates for our episodes ever. We will film them when we have time, we'll edit them when we have time, and we'll release them when we have time. It is mm-hmm. the most bizarre way to do a show. So you'll get two episodes a week, and it'll be two months, and you'll get one episode. It is so, so strange, but 100% crowd. It's 100% crowdfunded, so everything they do is bizarre and weird and different, but it's been working so far, so why not? Um, I want to ask a question about church marketing in a second, but I'm, I, I, I should have linked with you guys. I just Google image the chosen billboards to see if there was other kinds of it. Dude, so good. 
They're kind of funny. They're like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll give it to them. Like, Chosensucks.com binge kale. Yeah, because I think it says binge <laughs> Jesus. And it's yeah. binge kale. Binge, binge. <laughs> the, what is this? The chosen is boring. <laughs> I was say that's my favorite one. The chosen is boring is the is the funniest to me. There's one next to it. Come and see stupid plots. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm kind of they kind of won me over. This is kind of endearing. I think it's really funny. Uh, the the way Binge they did this salads. Binge salad. <laughs> oh man, this is really funny. Chosen sucks. All right. Um, so I guess my question is, and I, I think I know the answer for all of us in this is. If you were marketing Easter on Sunday morning for your church, you would you do this? No. Would you like? Would you get a billboard that says like, um, "Come to Lakeview Church Easter" like three months earlier, and then purposely deface it and be like, <laughs> "Tim sucks." <laughs> like the bad part is, is I would not do this, but I can think of three churches in my area that would do this. Like, and oh, that's probably, probably what's they're in planning really really right now for next Easter. I'm not joking. I bet you they will. <laughs> so uh, we have a family in our church that they moved down here from Alaska a couple years ago, and they went to the big Baptist church in Wasilla, Alaska that Sarah Palin famously went to. And oh, if you remember where you back can see to – Where you can see Russia from her backyard. But yeah. there was a story that broke uh, during the 2008 election that there had been some vandalism at the church. And it was, you know, everyone assumed it was because Sarah Palin went to that church, like someone threw a fireball in there or something. And what turned out was that the church was vandalized because the ex-abusive husband of some of a parishioner of the church found out that she was receiving counseling at the church and like went and that was the office that whatever got thrown through that started the fire. But because Sarah Palin's association, people from all over the country and all over the world started to make donations to that church because the idea was, oh, this church has been attacked because of this. So let's help this church out and send them money. And so the the family that's from that church was telling me a couple weeks ago, like it was ridiculous because, you know, it cost $10,000 to fix the damage, but we got like $300,000 in donations within a week that we weren't looking for because people respond to outrage like that. So they ended up funding a bunch of missionaries and completing a building project. And so it, it worked out really well. But it was kind of this lesson in if people think that someone has been cheated or that someone's been slighted, they're going to respond totally differently. It kind of reminds me there's a there's like a couple of viral TikToks of people making fun of like the persecution complex that Christians have. And it's like it's a it's like a video of a guy and there's a boot stomping on his head and then the camera zooms out and it's his hand holding the boot, yeah. stomping his head or whatever. And it's just talking about how Christians have a persecution complex. And it's really interesting that, like, when you see stuff like this, this stuff does get viral, go viral. Like, oh, Christians are being persecuted. Christians are being mocked and made fun of. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to be too critical on this because now that I know a little bit more about this, like, I kind of, like, kind of love it. I think it's genius. Did, but, you, uh, did you see the meme that somebody in this image search? No. It's like whenever someone defaces the chosen billboards, fans – they reviled and humiliated you. They deserve to have bolts of lightning rain down and incinerate them. Yes, fire from the heavens. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! But it's Intense. them. <laughs> so funny. That is really funny. Um, well, I mean, this is really interesting. Uh, I, I would love to hear your take if if you are listening to this, and some of you guys just like without even prompting, just like write your opinions on the episodes in the Facebook group, which yeah. we love it. We love it. I, I think it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, we'd, we'd love to know your opinion on the chosen billboard, uh, the facing and stuff like that. It's going to be, it's uh, it's really interesting. I'm Hopefully actually thinking about, I'm thinking about starting a sermon feedback Facebook group for my church uh, okay. concerning the last episode. And then they'll just <laughs> type what they, what they, their feedback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait, let's, let's, are you seriously thinking? Probably about a bad that? Idea. Like, no. It's a terrible. I was gonna say, oh my word! (laughs) Like I, I know of churches that have like a sermon planning group. It's like, hey, let's uh, once a month get to lunch and talk about what what issues, you know, what angles am I missing? But I was like, ooh, I was gonna ask how carefully you were inviting people, and oh no, I was very concerned for you. But I'm thrilled to know that I can't take a joke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. We're gonna finally. After three weeks of not talking about this, we're going to talk about missionaries. We'll be right back. 
So this topic was a topic two weeks ago, but then turning red became the dominating topic. And then last week we talked about Easter. So uh, we were finally bringing it up. Someone asked this question to us a couple of weeks ago. Um, how do we support missionaries? How do we uh, do we have some sort of like uh, way of of caring for missionaries who are currently overseas when they're in when they're in country? Do you do anything for them? Do you bring them on stage and make sure they wear the traditional wardrobe of the culture <laughs> and all that stuff? Like, what what, what do you Flags do? Flags all over the sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a white guy just dressed in an African outfit is always the most uncomfortable thing it's ever. It's so weird. It reminds me of my mission, uh, Dr. Fritz mission that class. But yes. Um, anyways, what when it comes to missionaries, what, what do each of you guys do? Do you guys uh, have a specific, like some churches have like a missions week? where they have a whole week just praying, thinking, writing support, care stuff. What do you guys do to care for your missionaries? Uh, well, for us, it's all pretty much it, – I mean, it's, it's taken care of in our denomination. So it's we your don't really, whole denomination. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're in the Christian and Missionary Alliance. But for local churches, I mean, you know, we have a relationship with, with our districts. And then through the districts, we have a relationship with our national uh, office. Uh, and so there's just – there's things built in. So every year we have to have a missions conference. Uh, and then we also have a thing called Great Commission Day, which happens this year between April and the end of July. Uh, and it focuses on, you know, it really focuses on mission. Um, we consistently have mission moments where we just use video content that our denomination makes. Um, and actually the the branding and the video content and all that stuff is like, it's top notch right now. So I'm super, super, been super happy with it for the last number of years. Um so yeah, we have a lot of like marketing stuff, the way we fund missionaries. I mean, I'll give you the very basic, but we have a thing called the great commission fund, uh, which is pretty much a giant pot of money. And so missionaries are funded through that. So, um, and then they do come through on tour. So like in October we have, uh, somebody coming through and what they try to do is keep people in their geographic districts. So if you're, Wait, can, if you, can you were, be an opening act, if a missionary is coming through on tour, like I realize I'm not Bono, but could I be like, I don't know, plain yes, white sure. tees opening for the big missionary on tour? Absolutely. Yeah, you could. Okay. Sure. The joke was rough. <laughs> I don't know what to say, but you can it, do whatever you want. In my head, it was so much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, we have one coming. We have a tour coming through in October. Uh, and this we call we call missionaries international workers because a lot of them are in um, closed places. Uh, we really actually focus our workers in closed places. So we call them international workers just for the sake of, you know, not accidentally saying something, especially now with a live stream. I would say a big part of caring for missionaries right now with streaming everything is like being very careful about what you say and how you say it and whether or not you stream things. So uh, we just had one come through in, I, I, I want to say it was in the fall. It was cold. So it was around probably Christmas time or just after the new year. And, um, this international worker is in uh, Paris, which we can say because it's not closed. But uh, so like for us, you know, it would look like a Friday night dinner with them, uh, Saturday morning, a breakfast. And then Sunday morning, he preached in our main service. And um, since he lives in the since he lived in this area and he was a youth pastor at one of our other churches in this district in Maryland for a while, he has a lot of connections here. So he actually just drove over for those three things. But that's kind of what it looks like for us. Um, I really, th I really like the system we have in place. It's one of the reasons I was happy to be in the Alliance. Um, I just think we care for missionaries. Well, I will say for us, what I try to do is just like not overload them while they're with us. Um, cause when they're on tour, you know, they're like, there, there are some places and I've heard stories where they go and it's like, they have to teach four classes and preach two sermons in one weekend. And it's like, you know, what are we doing here? So we try to, we try to get them a hotel, um, instead of staying at someone's house, I just feel like it's a little, depending on the situation, if we can get them a hotel room and let them kind of chill by themselves, we do that. And then I'll try to connect with them and just take them out to dinner one time, just to, you know, me and my family and them just to really make a connection. But yeah, I mean, a lot of this, a lot of that for us, we don't have to think about, we just kind of follow the system and it works well. I would say we're, we're similar in that a lot of our missional giving is set up through our denomination, which yeah. is nice because, as a little church, it's funny. I think we get some, we get more just uh, flat out requests and solicitations as a little church than I think a lot of bigger churches get. 
because people see a small church and they think, oh, they're, they're probably not organized. They don't have the system. So we get some whack requests from different ministries. And so it's nice to be like, oh, well, go through our denomination, do this, this, and this. And, and then maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll connect that way. So the vast majority of our giving is through a percentage of what we give to our denomination and to the conference within our denominations. And then if we have unbudgeted missions money, uh, we, we raise funds through our parking lot all year because we're right here in a downtown area. We have uh, different events each and every month that there needs to be parking for. So uh, our denomination has a branch that is called Covenant World Relief. And right now they're doing a lot of yeah. humanitarian work over in the Ukraine. And so it was third Friday, which is like a music festival on our main street here in Safety Harbor on Friday night. And one guy stood out in our parking lot and, you know, sold parking spots for five bucks a piece and made like 260 bucks for Covenant World Relief that we're sending to Ukraine. So that's what we do for our non-budgeted missionaries. But most of our missions budget is part of our denominational giving. So we uh, we do things a little bit different at Lakeview. We have quite a few missionaries that we do support. They're all uh, vetted through our mission outreach team and Three years ago when I stepped in as lead pastor, one of the big changes we made to our budget as a church was we said 10% of every every dollar we bring in is going to missions, period. So we actually have a separate missions account set up, and it doesn't matter how big or how small giving is that week, uh, 10% of that giving is going into a separate account. And it will go to missionaries or our mission outreach team who will then decide, hey, uh, and by the way, we're like that 10% is is really, really small right now. We've actually built that up. It's way more than 10% so far this year, which has been awesome. But it allows us to do other things besides just supporting our regular missionaries, which we do. Uh, for example, we had the uh, Ukrainian efforts come up. We, we researched two uh, major organizations doing some great gospel-centered work over there. One was ICM and one was Samaritan's Purse. And so because of the excess we had in our missions budget, we went to the congregation and said, hey, um, we're going to give you know X amount of dollars to this. Uh, we'll we'll actually match whatever you guys give, and I think we ended up, I think we ended up raising twelve thousand dollars just on one Sunday for Ukrainian relief efforts, which was really cool. And it's because of this missions focus that we have as a church now, uh, specifically for our missionaries. We do what's called missions moments once a month. So this is organized through one of my elders who also leads up the mission outreach team. So he gets with me. Uh, several weeks out says, here's the plan for the next missions moment. Here's the missionary we're going to highlight. We either have the missionary send a video in, or we ask them to come into town on that Sunday, or we get their schedule way in advance and they tell us, here's the weeks we're going to be in town. So then we will get them on stage. They will give us a full mission update, what God's doing, how we can be praying and what specifically they need right now. And then they usually have a table set up uh, just outside the worship center where we will then go above and beyond and meet whatever need they have on that particular Sunday. Uh, so the last one we had was Joseph from South Sudan. He's doing a medical missions trip coming up in June, and we successfully, I think we fundraised his entire trip, and now we're working on getting all of his supplies covered and sent over. So it's been really, really sweet watching our missions outreach team just take this and hit a home run with this whole missions uh, endeavor. And it's gotten really cool because uh, once a year, we now have our missions conference and it's a whole weekend. We invite all of our missionaries. If they can make it great, if not, they send us a video and we do uh, a big dinner on Friday night. And then we do a, a little special something on Saturday. And then on that Sunday, we have one of our missionaries actually preach in service. So we started this last year and it was such a hit. We've already got the next one planned for October of this year as well. So that's kind of a snapshot of missions at Lakeview Church. Um, I, we have a, a a group called the Missionary Prayer and Care Team. And so it's a volunteer thing where we have a group of people who I think every other week, maybe weekly, but I think for sure every other week, they get together. Maybe it's once a month. I don't know. They get together and they pray for the missionaries by name. They have correspondence with the missionaries and how they can care for them. And they go through the small groups and they'll be like, hey, this missionary needs this. Can you support them and that kind of stuff? There's also like uh, like one missionary recently had um, like uh, needed a, a, a new van. Um, and so I think we were able to like work with uh, small groups and stuff like that to be able to raise the funds or help give towards his GoFundMe towards that or something like that. 
Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, when they're in town, um, I'm not I'm not quite sure. Like, you guys have really good plans in terms of like putting them up in hotels and and having them you know, come to the church. I know when some of our missionaries come in town, we'll we'll um, probably take them out to a meal, and then like uh, I'm sure we help them if they're in Milwaukee, help them get a place to stay. Um, we don't make them preach. I think we had one missionary preach in the past, but I think it's kind of like in the same vein. It's like we don't want them coming here to be stressful, so we want them to be able to be seen. But if they, if, you know, if they can get some additional people to support them, but but not necessarily like to do a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, uh, hearing what you guys say is, is, uh, is the, the common thread I'm hearing is. Growing up, we often think of the missionary in town with the full, like, cultural garb on, you know, doing some sermon about the need to go into the gospel. And I think as we become pastors, we realize how that's probably, like, very exhausting for them. And, like, when they're in town, the last thing they want is more responsibility to cater to these Americans who you're just trying to get money from them or something. Like, I don't know. I know one thing we did that was really cool is we had a group of missionaries who were in China and um, we sent uh, some of our uh, communication people like video people and, and shoot video on site of what they were doing. And they weren't like true missionaries. They were more just like folks living there with jobs and they're being missional in China type of thing. So yeah. they were uh, true missionaries is what you're actually saying. They're very true missionaries. Yeah. Being missional in the community. But like we said, the, we said like our creative folks to make a video to kind of like interview them and see what it's like. And then that way you can show us what it's like to be in China and stuff like that. And also give them some really, really good footage for them to send out to their partners to be able to. So we're like, we're helping them create content for their partners and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's a really interesting discussion. Again, I would love to hear from our friends in the Facebook group. What do you guys do to support your missionaries? Um, they, I feel like sadly, sometimes this is a group of folks within our church that only get thought of once a year in some sex, some places. And, and oftentimes we try to raise missionaries from our church and then we send them out and then we don't really talk about them too much. And so, um, it's good to hear that we, you know, all of us have somewhat of a plan and I bet there's some other plans that we haven't even thought of. So, well, Hey, this was a good discussion. It was a good show. Uh, uh, we'll come back next week with another show. Hopefully Delmar is back. We miss him. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was a good conversation as always. If you want to stay connected to the show, please subscribe to the podcast. We would love for you to rate and review and join our Facebook group. The Facebook group is probably the best part of the whole this whole thing because we get to actually interact and talk with each other. So do all that. And if you if you want to leave a voicemail, ask us a question, go to practicallypastoring.com and there there's a place where you can leave a voicemail. We'll see you next week. With that being said, I'm Frank Gill. I'm Jeff Simpson. I'm Andrew Larson. And I'm Timothy Miller. And this is Practically Pastoring. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group, where we get to share ideas and make each other better.